You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build confidence, increase your communication skills, and journey with me in the relentless pursuit of what you need most in life. In this episode one, number 129, we're celebrating something. We're celebrating the six-year anniversary of my very first speech ever, 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 like 100% my first speech that I gave in front of, well, 300 teens and then again and again to 300 parents later that day. Um, and I wanted to take a moment to go through the years of me speaking and kind of break down how I've grown as a speaker and kind of what you can learn from that growth. Um, so maybe you can accelerate faster than me, um, or maybe just to give you some hope um, of your speaking skills and how they can improve uh, based on where I once was. And I want to start a year one or year zero, you know, uh, day zero. Um, man, I I thought I was everything. Like people ask me, like, do you get nervous where you speak? I'm like, yes, now I do. My first speeches, I did not because I had way too much confidence. Like, I should not have been as confident in my abilities as I was. Um, you know, I was 17 and I thought that I was going to change the world by speaking a couple words. And I did not know what I was doing enough to have that much confidence. And there's really a couple things, um, really a few key things that really identify um, me as not being that great of a speaker back then. Number one, I had really bad physical habits. I would constantly be pacing, be rocking back and forth. I had this movement that my uh, speech coach called throwing the rock, where I just threw, I made my hand into like an okay sign and then kept on like throwing it at the audience as a, as a gesture that I just wouldn't stop doing. And to this day, when I watch the video of me speaking, it that video of the first time me speaking, it's so cringy. I hate it. Uh, that was a one. That was a. That was like the main things that, that that was the main thing that sticks out to me first. I mean, the main thing to the audience though is just content wise is I didn't have enough experience. <laughs> I just didn't. I had. I had experience. I was an expert in who I was, and like I said to all public speakers, that you're an expert in who you are. You talk about that. And then use who you are as a segue to talk about what you're passionate about and what you consider yourself to be an expert in. And then if you're not an expert in those things, become one. Learn about it. Um, talk about it. Share knowledge. Gain knowledge. You know, like sharing the economy of information. Um, <clears throat> and that's the best way to really start um, growing when it comes to experience and, and the authority of what you have to say because I couldn't answer questions like I I stood up there people would ask me a question about something and I just stand there like uh, I don't know I'm just, I'm just a kid I don't I don't know I have no idea um, and so that's one thing I had to learn it took me probably a year I would say to actually start answering questions well um, to actually have enough knowledge to actually to give really good answers I, I would say after like I would say maybe five, ten speeches, I could start answering questions, and they were fine, and they were fine answers, but it really took a year to me, for me to really answer questions well, and then probably another three to be an expert in answering questions and not question myself. So when someone asks me something, like, hey, what about this? I can give an immediate response, and if for some reason, and if it's a question I've never been asked before, I can either say, okay, this is, I've never been asked that before, but my best guess is this. Um, or just tell them, I don't know. I'm not, that, that's outside my realm of expertise. 
And those are some of the main things, um, the main, really the main things that stuck out to me and, and in my first year of speaking. And in my second year of speaking, that's where I really, I think, grew as a salesman. That's where I learned how to sell myself as a speaker. That's where I learned how to start answering um, questions, you know, that people threw at me, whether it's when I'm pitching myself as a speaker or whether it's on stage. That's when I really got hold of a lot of the movements. Um, and I still had a terrible pacing problem for a while. Um, but a lot of my movements were a lot more secure. I knew my material better. I had more experience. I was talking to, you know, hundreds of people, um, after my talks and gaining and learning from their experiences and using that knowledge, um, in order to improve myself as a speaker. So that first year was a huge year of growth and polishing and really overall improving what I did. And so I would definitely advise like using that first and, and I mean that first year really as, as a way to, to just polish yourself, just polish and polish and polish and polish and just get your and just improve upon the areas that you find yourself weak and just keep on speaking. Um, I was really lucky. I mean, I, I will admit this. I was really lucky in that there was people at my first speech and that ended up hiring me to speak. And then those speeches, people were at those speeches that hired me to speak. And people at those speeches, which then brought me to international TV. Um, I was simply, it was um, my buddy Devin. He says that all um, success is, is opportunity, is luck multiplied by opportunity. And opportunity is the amount of work you do based on how well you do it. And so, and actually that last part I kind of made up. Um, but so like, obviously luck plays a part of it, but we don't really know what luck is. Luck, luck defines things that we, luck defines the odds of things that we don't understand. And since we don't understand it, we can't really account for it. But you know what we can account for is, is, is creating our own opportunity. And we can do that. And that's one thing I was learning how to do. And that's, I think, what leads us to my, really my third, well, I guess, so that was my first year, my second year, and then my start of my third year, that's where I really learned more, that's where I really started honing more of the marketing type of me as a speaker, branding myself, dressing myself well, because before I was just wearing like baggy jeans and an ill-fitting t-shirt, um, I started to learn how to dress myself, I learned how to present myself, I learned how to network, um, I learned a lot of these valuable just business skills um that helped improve me as a as as a speaker overall interpersonally professionally and on the stage and that's where i really started to polish myself during this third year was in that interpersonal professional talk and really learning how to pitch myself you know giving a 60 second pitch um, instead of an hour-long speech, learning how to cut down what I'm talking about, learning to be my own worst critic and say, well, is this necessary to the speech? No, it's not. I'm cutting it out. I learned how to trust my gut. And like, if I felt like speaking about something in my speech, then I and then I knew my outline well enough to not get lost and not get too sidetracked. Um, a lot of like the instinctual things um, really started coming out during this time. Um, and that's where I would say, like, in my experience, it really takes, in my experience in doing things, it takes about three years for me to instinctually know how to do things. Um, some things are very, very rarely, there's some, like, things I just get instinctually already. Um, but for the most time, when, for the most part, when learning an actual skill, like marketing, sales, public speaking, um, what the graphic design, video, even video editing, you know, things like that, 
it takes me like two to three years to really just know exactly how to do things without thinking about it. And that's a really cool place to be. Because all of a sudden, you just start talking, you start telling stories, and you don't realize you're following outlines. And that, for me, was a really cool realization, was when I was at a at a party, which I don't, you know, me, if you listen to this podcast at all, you know, I don't go to parties, I don't like socializing, I don't like that kind of aspect of life, it's just annoying to me. Uh, I've lear- I'm learning how to enjoy it, don't worry, I'm learning how to enjoy it, but um, it's, uh, I was realized I was in the circle of friends, and I was telling the story, and I just... And I realized I was holding everyone's attention. Everyone's looking at me. And I was telling a good story. And that was really cool. Afterwards, I looked back and I'm like, oh, I followed the outline of how to tell a story. I'm like, that's really cool. That's I'm that's super happy that that happened. Um, and so that that was a really cool um, segment. That's also in the third year, it's really started branching out, started doing more things. I started um, d- developing my professional life along with speaking. Um, I really started marketing myself as a brand, um, and that was and that was the start of a lot. Most of what I'm doing right now was in that third year when I was around 19, 20. And now we get into the fourth year. Um, the fourth year was a bit. I'm pretty sure like this was the year where I did less than any other year. I really just didn't do a lot of sales. Um, a lot, all my um, word of mouth kind of dried up, and I was just kind of riding the wave for this long and then i realized i'm like oh i can't really ride i can't just ride the same wave (laughs) for years at a time and that's when i really realized that's when i really started thinking about like what do i want to do how do i want to change my speech i started editing my speech i started evolving from just being a kid talking about mental health to being a an adult talking about um, building yourself as a person i still stayed away from like motivational speeches because i hate that term i think that term is worthless um and motivational speeches on their own are the worst form of hot air that could possibly exist um unless i mean if you're talking about being motivational that's different from giving a motivational speech um i my speeches should inform first and motivate second um because if you don't inform then there's nothing to actually carry the motivation past the la- past like five minutes after your speech. You'll feel motivated for about five minutes afterwards, maybe like a half an hour. And after that, you go right back to where you were if you don't actually get anything of substance. And so I really started thinking about like, what am I actually talking about? I started some business ventures. I started doing consulting work. I started, I started get. I had a job, you know, there's a bunch of things I was trying to learn. And this is the part where I realized I'm like, okay, that's fine. Things are quiet right now. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. I learned more about sales, about the more actually structure side of sales and how to actually do some really good outreach. Um, I started a business with my friend, um, and we we ran marketing because we thought that maybe this is what we wanted to do, and so I was really just like practicing communicating with confidence in every different area I could possibly think of, and that's really and that's really like where I was, and and that leads in when the fifth year um, I started speaking a little bit more. I started some I had some big speaking uh, events. I had some great uh, connections started you know getting known with different big organizations um i really i really wanted to take that and really start branching out and doing more things again like i don't think i was i'll i don't know i mean i, I eventually i will um i don't well i let's say this i don't i 
I don't think I'll ever speak as much as I did when I was when I was 18, um, simply because I, I was speaking constantly throughout the year. And I think even when, when, not if, when I'm in demand as much as I will be, um, I don't think I'll take that many because I want to be more selective. Um, and being more selective means charging higher prices. And I think that's one thing I neglected also to talk about is when I first started speaking, I asked for like 150 bucks for a speech. And I thought that was ridiculous. Like I thought it was a, that was a ridiculous amount for a speech. And now I was, you know, I was 17 years old. I didn't know anything about the world. And then I started upping my price and keep on upping it. And people kept on paying me. So I kept on upping it more. People kept on paying me. I kept on upping it more. People kept on paying me. And so I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a viable business. Like this is going to actually happen. It can actually make me money. And so it was just, I'm just super happy. Like looking back on it, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. There's a lot of times where I definitely dropped the ball and lost momentum. And I think that's the one big thing that I've learned um, is to not lose momentum when you finally have quote unquote made it is that it's really easy because it feels like you can just coast and you can be overwhelmed. You can have a fear of success. There can be a lot of anxiety involved. Um, and you just need to remind yourself, like, I'm on the momentum. What do I want to do? Like, this is now I'm in control now. What do I want to do with this momentum? And then choose and then execute on it. Um, there's a lot of, there's, and then, of course, there's tons of small things um, that I grew in. One was a, I had a huge confidence with owning the stage and moving things around, being like, no, the podium's in the wrong place. I'm, I'm going to be introduced. I'm going to walk up on stage, and I'm going to move it. And everyone's going to watch me, and then I'm going to start talking. Because I'm in control of the stage and the stage is mine. You know, things things like that that I've, I think, I know, I think I talked about it in my course. Um, but things like that, that really, um, you, you notice it, is that you're not afraid to do things all of a sudden when you're on stage. You're not afraid to, to pick on somebody, you know? You're not, you're not afraid to look at someone like, hey, you, tell me something and like get an answer from them. You know, things like that where you really feel in control. I think right now, at this time of my life, I've never felt more. I mean, funny enough, I haven't s- spoken publicly in m- months because um, everything is shut down. There's nowhere to speak. Um, but I would say my last, like, my last year of speaking, or like, uh, the last six months that I actually spoke, I've never felt more in control of the stage. I've never felt more in control. Um, of my whole presentation. I've never felt like I know my presentation more. I've never felt more like I can mess around, I can do things that are that are a little off the book and still make it work. And so the thing is, like the trajectory that I really see myself and I see a lot of people taking is I don't think you'll I don't think you'll need six years. Um, I do not think it'll take six years um, to get to where I am because I did a lot of things the hard way. Even though I had a coach in the beginning, I did not have a coach in the middle, which would have helped a lot with a lot of the things I was dealing with. And the funny thing now is I, as I spoke more and more, I got more and more nervous to speak because I realized how powerful speaking was. And that was a shock to me. I thought I get people tell you like, oh, you'll get less nervous once you get used to it. No is that if you truly understand what you're doing, then you understand the gravity of the situation and you understand that you, for an hour, are in control of the emotions and the decisions. Well, not actually the decisions, but you're mostly in control of the emotions of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And that's a lot of responsibility and you're responsible for the actions they take afterwards. And so that's why it's so important to give them good actions to take. So 
that's just it's a i mean there's so much to talk about i mean there's just there's so much and um of course if you have questions for me you can always email me at luke at luke d maxwell.com i'll be happy to answer you i'd be happy to talk to you um and give you some advice i love helping out people um but yeah so that's that's kind of an overview of like where i went and just kind of get the fast track of some different things that you can work on um and different things to look forward to, like kind of the different stages that you can kind of see yourself in and see yourself improving uh, once you kind of hit these different milestones. So thank you so much for listening. You can find all information about the, well, you can find more episodes uh, wherever podcasts are sold <laughs> and uh, or at cwcpodcast.com. And of course, you can contact me at luke at lukedmaxwell.com. Do what you love. And remember to always stay on the positive side of things. Oh, and before we leave, next week, I have such a great interview. Like, oh, my gosh. This person is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, just w- amazing, amazing. Just, yeah. You're going to want to listen to the next interview I have coming out next week, um, the 31st. It's Monday the 3rd. Thir- sorry, no. The 30th. Monday, Monday the 3rd, August 3rd coming out. So make sure you're following or subscribe to the podcast because you're not going to want to miss this one. Okay. Bye.